go. Podcasting time. Dr. Jenna Burton is in the house. She's in the doctor's office. I'm at the Rove Hotel, downtown Dubai's podcast studio, and it is doc talk time. One MD, one PhD. We can solve the world. <laughs> I was trying to I was trying to get a cheeky photograph of both the MD and the PhD in the house before we get going. Okay, good. Here. And and we we, we've got to give a special shout out and hello to everyone who's following us on YouTube because you're listening to us right now through any myriad of ways. Could be Spotify, could be Google, could be iTunes, could be on iHeartRadio. You could be listening all sorts of ways. But we're also on YouTube, and we're we've got a stellar collection of people who tune in every every month. Uh, over twenty five thousand people click on our our programming. So hello to everyone who's watching us on the tube, because it's great to great to have you with us. And Jenna, we haven't done this in a while. We were just catching up. I know it's, it's life is busy. Life is busy, but there is a podcasting hole in my heart when I'm not here. And I've I've made my return with a bit of a husky voice for some reason. That. So it's it's Bonnie Tylerish. I was thinking, you know, if can you can, can you, you belt out a little can you belt out a little Bonnie Tyler? It's a heartache. Now damn it. Can you can you just do a little bit? I will I will wait till Saturday when I'm at karaoke, but thank you. <laughs> But you know, sometimes you you sound husky to yourself. But actually, nobody yeah. can notice. I wasn't sure, yeah. but I feel I feel husky. Yeah. Hey, you I know, know what? Like I, I wanted to kick off, and I'm, I know I'm pushing you along here, but I want to want to kick off with what's going on in the office because obviously you are in the doctor's office right now, and I love the instructions behind you on how to wash your hands. It's oh, like, it's, it, it's a Dubai it's, Health Authority mandatory oh, requirement. Okay, and like that is that's serious mm -hmm. instructions there. I, and it's weird because I want to talk about what's coming in the office and partly just to reassure people that everyone's got some stuff going on and it's that time of year. In fact, yesterday morning I woke up and, you know, there's a lot of folks who've got colds and stuff, but I woke up and I truly, when, when people say you feel like you're in a fog, I woke up and I felt foggy all day. <laughs> It was, and all I'm doing is getting paranoid, right? I'm going, oh man, you know, I'm, I'm checking my, I'm checking the the temperature. I'm thinking, you know, maybe I get my rectal thermometer here and get this sorted out so I get accurate Goodness readings. Gracious, James. <laughs> Everyone, uh, rectal thermometer, don't they? <laughs> um, I like it's, to think that you're you joking, but we never really know with you when it comes to health and OCD. So, <laughs> but you know, and it was all day, and I got home, and then I, I super hydrated, and I took some cold and flu tablets, and today. I'm like a hundred percent. So I don't know what it was. It was something. I have no idea. Well, first and foremost, Dubai is sick. Dubai is sick at the moment. And I think a combination of always happens at the change of season. And obviously we're coming into winter after what feels like a really long summer this year. It's still going on, actually. I don't, it's humid it's today. Pretty hot. It's, yeah. it's, it is changing, but yeah, the change is slow. And I think mm. we're all ready for some cooler weather. When's that cloud seeding mm. kicking in? Hey. Um, so there's a change of season, number one. Um, also, we've all demasked, haven't we? And so yeah. we've gone from some I do, holidays. I wear mine at work all the do. time. My my students are all unmasked. Many of them are unmasked. Uh, I, I would say actually 90% are unmasked. I still teach in a mask. <laughs> it's like, you know what? There's too many people coughing and sneezing. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I don't wish to participate. <laughs> That's what I said to them. I said, they said, oh, come and join us in the elevator. Oh, you're joking, right? So as someone sneezes and gets in the elevator, I said, you, no, I'll take the stairs. <laughs> well, 
it is inevitable that these are going to be spread. Yeah. And we did have a nice long break from coughs, colds, whatever during COVID. And now it's time for us to share, share the love again. <laughs> and so people have got properly sick. Also, it depends each year on what our lovely friend, the flu is doing. And uh, what we've found this year is there is a lot of people that have been vaccinated for the flu jab, which I still would always advise because mm -hmm. it will cover you for a number of strains of the flu. But there is a particular strain of influenza A that seems to just be unvaccinatable and people are still catching it despite being vaccinated. If you have been vaccinated, it would appear as if the symptoms are a little bit less. But the amount of prescriptions that I'm making for Tamiflu, which shortens and reduces the severity of the illness is is remarkable in fact james if i was to lean into my bag now where i can't access it i'm also taking tammy flu because i really? felt like i was starting with symptoms and my office has been so full of flu and i get really impatient when people say oh doctor i've got the flu and i think you've got a heavy cold i've got the flu <laughs> uh, okay the let's, quite let's, let's, let's let's put on pause and let's back up cold versus flu what are the different symptoms how can we you know just get it sorted in our minds that yeah i just have a cold because as soon as people start coughing and, and anecdotally and, and not that i would ever say anything about steve braden who's in you know kingston ontario canada who you know would would possibly have a cold and and is like doing rapid testing constantly because you know, i want to make sure i don't have the vid it's like dude you can get a cold and everyone's like oh it's because maybe it's just a cold it's like <laughs> yeah and surprisingly, colds yeah. are very, very common. So <laughs> the easy, easy way of thinking of it is the flu is a really severe ver version of the of a cold. Okay. So a cold is an upper respiratory tract infection, congestion, feel generally terrible, quite lethargic, a bit of a sore throat. Mm. Again, maybe a bit of a, a cough. It could be wet or it could be dry, depending whether your secretions from your upper airways are, are sort of hitting your your chest. Uh, but people can, if they, if they push themselves, they probably could still go to work. They don't tend to have fevers, okay. probably still all right to, to eat, you know, so yeah, generally yeah. they can about execute their activities of daily living, even if it's a bit miserable for them. The flu, no, 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 no. There's none of that. There's in bed, they're having fevers. They have yeah. no appetite. They're completely drained. Their whole body is aching. Sometimes they even have some nausea, even some vomiting. It might kick off a migraine if they are susceptible to that. They generally feel like they're dying and flu can put you in, in hospital if it's severe enough. So flu, it can be really nasty. Now the strain that I'm seeing, people are clearly exceptionally unwell really? and they, they look dreadful and all they want to do is go to bed. Wow. Um, however, Luckily, in touch ward, I haven't seen anyone that sort of deems fit for hospitalization as yet. But there's still time. <laughs> How long does the flu typically last? It can last anything between like a week to two weeks for sort of a typical it's bout. A week to two weeks. Yeah, but the thing is, is that I'm done. I'm talking for the recovery time as yeah. well to sort of get back on your okay. feet because often when you've been very poorly, you know, you have to you have to build up your strength again, especially mm. if you've not been eating, you've been having fevers. Yeah. Yeah. So I would say for most people to actually be ill, you know, sort of five, seven days, but to then get back into the normal swing, get back to exercising, back to, to work, it can be anything up to two weeks, you know, and everyone's different. It can be longer or shorter, depending on the strain that they have, how they've coped with it, if anyone else is ill in the house, et cetera. So, and, and the, the joys with Tamiflu, which is an antiviral medication that we, we, we're not privileged enough to have in the UK. We don't get it on the NHS. 
is the results are remarkable of how how quickly it can turn people around so only really works if you catch it within you start taking it within the first 48 hours of getting the first 48 hours so you have to be on it you have to be honest with yourself it's like yeah this is the flu my joints are just i'm feeling i'm starting to feel get the tammy flu into you well, you can go to the doctors and get a swab to check whether you have got flu, influenza A or B. Okay. But also if, say for instance, you know, let's hope this doesn't happen, James, but if Donna had the flu and she was yeah. positive, then you start to think, oh, I'm starting to feel a bit, get on the tummy flu because, you, you know, you've got had a heads up as to what's coming. Yeah. So that tends to be the time that we prescribe tummy flu. And it's not really for children, it's more for adults. So children okay. don't tend to need it. They do usually bounce back a lot quicker from the flu. And, and everything you- actually. How long do you take the Tamiflu for? Um, if you if it's prophylactic, so if it's to stop you getting it, it can be up to 10 days. And if you feel like you've already been, or you have had a positive diagnosis of influenza, then it's just for five days. Right. Just one tablet once a day. Wow. Okay, that's easy. So, but And I've it, not been sponsored by any pharmaceutical <laughs> brand either today. That's just me oh, saying. Oh, man. You know, I, th- I think this is a yet another opportunity. I always say this with the podcast because we are not sponsored by anyone. But, hey, I, I am not against, you know, a pharmacy saying, hey, we want to sponsor your podcast and giving them a little plug. I, <laughs> I might abs- be against it, James. It's a little bit unethical for me. You take you take the money, you take it, and you can do the advertising, and I'll just come in as a third or, party. Or, or the Objective clinic. Opinion. A clinic, you know, a health base says, hey, we want to sponsor a podcast. Or uh, where, where are you at, by the way? Where are you at now? Oh, James, you've gone. No, I'm here. Keep going. Just I, I'm here. Keep going. Where, where, where are you? Can you hear me? This I can is hear the, you. Where, where are you located? Where's your, where's your office now? I am on Elwassel Road in J3 Mall in Cooper Health Clinic, and I usually have a really, really nice, bright office. But we were explaining before. Um, there's a big UAE flag outside, so it looks like it's nighttime here, but it's not. It's only nine a.m. Okay, Cooper Health Clinic. That's good to know. Uh, one other thing, when you are diagnosed or you figure you have the flu, whether it's, you know, whatever strain, what are the things aside from taking antivirals and things like that? What else would you recommend as a doctor for us to do? We've already had a great podcast about colds and coughs. What, what is your standard recommendation for patients? Rest, (laughs) rest, Rest. (laughs) hydrate, so a lot of people aren't happy unless they go out with a bag that is literally like clicking together with pills. But the reality is, is it is a viral, you know, it's a viral illness. I always say, don't underestimate the value of a good paracetamol tablet. Uh, okay. So paracetamol, it is anti-inflammatory. People don't realize that it does have anti-inflammatory effects. It also can help manage the fevers. So paracetamol, um, rest, hydration. Don't force yourself to eat, but try and eat when you can. And if you're really not eating, try and get yourself like a Gatorade or a Lucozade, which has got lots of electrolytes some sugars and mm. also the water as well. So at least you're getting something in kind of through the severity of the illness. If you really have got that deep muscle aching, providing you're not asthmatic, that you don't have um, uh, any contraindications to taking a non anti-inflammatory, like a, a stomach ulcer, then take a, an ibuprofen or something as well. Okay. Some people with the congestion want to take some like a spray to yeah. sort of try and relieve the congestion. That that's fine. 
There are many different branded type sprays. You're looking for one that's got phenyl ephedrine in, which helps to um, cause vasoconstriction. So basically it stops the, the blood supply as much to the, the nose, which reduces the secretions, or even just a simple saline spray to help wash, wash out the area. But really when someone has the flu, that's kind of like the least of their concerns because mm. they generally feel so unwell. And then it depends on individual symptoms. If somebody has really bad nausea or vomiting, then it would be giving them an anti-sickness. So it becomes more individually um, sort of prescribed then. Are, are you finding with the patients who are coming in right now with flu that it's running, running rampant through the household? It's hitting yes. one and then the other and then the other falling like flies? One lovely lady yesterday said she was going to get um, a monthly, a monthly, subscription to my office because I literally I think it was the fourth or fifth time she'd seen me in, in oh, that no. week I felt so bad for her um, and we tried to do like sort of proactive medicine knowing what was going to come um, but ultimately they still one by one ended up having to come in for something um, so yeah it's 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 literally running rampant and it's you know it's a shame because it's it's also going through the schools it's going through the yeah. workplaces and you know, as much as children bounce back, they also take a dive, a deep dive quite quickly as well when they get really sick. What it is with children, they can compensate for ages. And this is the, the same case for really severe illnesses with children where you have to be very careful with them and exercise extreme caution when they're ill. Because they're young, they're able to compensate for their blood pressure, their heart rate, everything really well until they can't anymore. And then they go downhill quite quickly. Mm. So it's really hard to see the little ones that are suffering because they you know sometimes they don't understand yeah they just feel dreadful they just want to feel better and you can see the parents thinking i wish it was me and, and i'm thinking well it will be in a few days <laughs> <laughs> yikes yikes i mean that's and it's just you know I'm, I'm looking at the date and it's it's still early in the year when i think flu seasons and things i always think you know february march i'm not thinking early in the year, you know, we're going to date stamp us a little bit here because we're in November, but is, is it early? No, no, no. I'd say from September. Also, don't forget my background is from the UK. So yeah. as soon as September came, the weather took a dip. Anyone okay. that had COPD or was a heavy smoker, et cetera, they'd all go down with the flu or start getting sort of the, the chest infections. And this would be the time. This is the real time from September onwards when it's like flu jab season. So maybe the reason you're thinking later on is maybe these are the people that haven't been jabbed. But for me, right. it's like that's when you start thinking about flu seasons kicks in and everyone should be having their their flu jab. And I think, you know, one of the things I'd say about COVID is there was a lot of controversy regarding the vaccine and a lot of pro vaccinators have started to become a little bit anti-vax generally. Mm. And their, their fears about the vaccine for COVID seemed to have carried over to other vaccinations, including even simple things like the flu. And it's like, this is a, a, a long, long, long used vaccination. It's an old school method. We've had generations of people that have had the vaccine. This isn't one to be to be concerned about. It, there's nothing to suggest that there's anything to worry about with the, the flu vaccine. And yet so many people are now avoiding taking it, which is a real shame. It's so true. And and I wonder, you know, as you said, there's one strain that's not really being hit by the vaccine. And, and you know, the vaccine is kind of devised a year in advance, looking at the trends yeah. and looking what's happened. Often Australia way gives us a little bit of a clue of how it's going to work. So there is a bit of guesswork in it, but it is is quite a broad spectrum and usually it hits pretty well. So let's let's hope. Let's hope. 
Yeah, it's even though there will be always be the odd strain that's not covered, let's just think, well, maybe there was a strain that was in there that could even be more fatal or yeah. have worse symptoms. It's always a good idea, idea, especially if you're you're pregnant, you're immunocompromised, you are a child, you are asthmatic or you have long-term lung disease. All of these people, the most mm. at-risk groups for the flu, might not just get rid of it as quickly as everybody else definitely be getting your flu jab. And I know that there's sometimes availability issues in the UAE, but just ring around a few places, you'll find it, it's, it is here. We have it here in our clinic. So, you know, it's, it's available, so go and get it. Yeah, excellent. What else is walking in the door that's caught your attention in, in a general sense? I mean, it's less, less seasonal, but we always get gastroesophageal reflux disease. And I'd say the flu and gourd <laughs> are just like, they're, it's, it's, they're bread it's and butter quite, business. It's bread and butter. I'd, I'd say at the moment, yeah. So we're getting a lot of people that have got not even really many risk factors for, for gastritis, gourd. And what I'm talking about here is inflammation of the stomach, making too much stomach acid, having mm. that stomach acid ride up into the back of the throat. So actually what a lot of people present with is a cough. And they, they convince us something with their lungs and they say, you know, I've got this cough, but kind of feels like it's coming from here. Sometimes it's more choking. I get this cough really badly at night time when I lie down or after I've eaten. And then, then you start exploring and you listen to the chest. It sounds clear. You say, do you drink much caffeine? Maybe they do. Alcohol. Yeah. Yep. Smoking. Yep. Stress. Big one. Mm. Yeah. Um, or anyone, you know, been diagnosed with H pylori infection, which also causes gastritis. What is that? H. pylori infection. Yeah, it's um, an infection that kind of lives in your stomach, causes too much stomach acid. Ah. Big cause of um, um, ulcers, gastric or duodenal ulcers, and um, uh, yeah, and it's it's you know something that you can catch needs antibiotics, but doesn't always get diagnosed properly. Um, so we get a lot of people with these things, and and then you say actually you know the problem is not your lungs problem is your stomach and then the acid that's meant to live in the stomach can come up into the esophagus and cause this coughing because mm. the acid is not meant to be there we're not meant to have acid on these more sensitive cells wow and this is pretty common very common very common uh. you know think about dubai gosh indulgent lifestyle people are having big <laughs> meals we're, we're generally creating too much stomach acid obviously in dubai we have super indulgent lifestyles people have big meals quite fatty meals, people drink a lot of wine or any other alcohol. You always see people with their coffee cups and because they're worried about their weight, they might have like just black coffee. Yeah. Uh, less smoking, some cultures I'd say are more inclined to smoking than others. And it's a super, super stressful lifestyle. People are away from homes. I see people that have got family members back at home that are unwell. They're struggling to keep down their job, but they have to keep this job because it pays the school fees for their children, or yeah. they're just crippled with financial strain from living here. The cost of accommodation has gone up. Schooling is, you know, James, goodness gracious, it's very yeah. expensive. Yeah. There's a lot of things to juggle. And so stress is a huge, huge risk factor for gastritis, esophagus, and, and sort of gourd. A GERD is called in America because they don't use an O in the word esophagus. So yeah, it's um, exceptionally prevalent and something that does need to be managed. If you leave somebody with ongoing gastritis, it can actually start to erode a small hole in their stomach effectively. Really? It can cause, an it can yeah. cause bleeding. If somebody has black tarry stools or they even vomit and they have like a, a, a black vomit or a fresh red blood vomit, 
these are definitely reasons to go and see your your doctor and usually will I mean, nine times out of 10 will involve a referral to somebody like Dr. Neil, a gastroenterologist to put a camera down and see what's going mm. on. Wow. I mean, I, this is when you said, Hey, we should talk about uh, gastro and, and, you know, acid reflux and gastro and gastroesophageal reflux uh, disease. Well done, James. Yeah. I almost got it there. I, I kind of, I, I started looking at this and I thought, is, is this this really happened? And now, now I'm actually listening to people and I hear lots of people kind of that, that <coughs> with, with, for no good reason. I'm thinking that might be a reflux. There might be a reflux issue going on there. And people, yeah, it, it's one of the main causes of a chronic cough. Okay. There we go. And and I hear a lot of people with chronic coughs some and not really big ones. Sometimes just the <coughs> all the time, like it's in there, they're constantly doing it. It's like, got some issues you got to deal with they you'll find that the cough's worse after eating and after and sort of first thing in the morning as well mm. which is difficult because when somebody has a smoker's cough which is trying to remove secretions because the little hairs on the linings right. of their lungs stop stop getting rid of of mucus is is part of the problem when we start oh, thinking yeah, about yeah. this all right it's, Sorry, it's, it's just my nurse <laughs> coming in to say hello and see you, James. Probably. Oh, hi. <laughs> is is part of everyone the problem, wants to get on podcast? I know. Is part of the problem that when we're treating sort of acid reflux things, we're not necessarily as the patient thinking about the bigger picture, and we're you know we're taking a, an eno or we're taking some other thing that's going to help with with acid reflux but not treating the big picture and we're not dealing with the big picture we're just masking things i think the what is very common is that people will take the pills to reduce the acid right. and as you say that is a band-aid because it doesn't really get to the crux of the issue which is why have i got acid reflux in the first place but yeah. the problem is if somebody has significant stress how, how easy is it to just remove stress from your life? It's something that everybody should be working towards, of course, but it's not always that that easy to do. Yeah. Uh, so, so yes, you must take the medication if it's prescribed. You must get to the, the root cause, establish why it is you have acid reflux, because the, there is usually a reason. It could be obesity, could be foods or drink that you're consuming. It could be, you know, as I say, stress, or it could be an infective cause such as H. pylori. But there will be a reason. So find out what that reason is. So at least you can get on top of it yeah. um, and then take the medication. But then don't just think, right, well, I'll stay on the pills forever. <laughs> the, the tablets for uh, reflux and gastritis, the problem with them is they can often cause deficiencies in vitamins. They can cause ah. a bit of malabsorption. They can mask the symptoms of, of stomach cancer. They, especially renowned for causing vitamin B12 deficiency, then people need to have a vitamin B12 jab sort of on a regular basis going forward for the rest, for the rest of their lives often. Um, you know, so they're not, they're not without their side effects. Yeah. So do get to the bottom and if you can treat the cause better because then you might just need the tablets for a short time, let everything settle down and then, and then you'll be free of symptoms, hopefully without taking anything. As you we were saying, you know, our diet is an issue. Yeah. Smoking is an issue. If you're drinking alcohol, that's an issue. Lifestyle. You're, we're talking lifestyle it's, it's a, change here. It's a lifestyle. It's a, um, a disease of lifestyle, I would say. And hence yeah. probably why it's becoming more and more common. Which is a huge problem because we're, we're, we've got stress. So what do we do? We head to our comfort foods. And a lot of times it's the food that we really like that's going to cause us all these problems. Uh, yes, it is. And it's also the times of day that you eat, how late you eat. 
in what volume you eat. You know, there's a lot of different things that you can do to address it. And what's what's sad is occasionally there will be somebody that it's not their fault at all and we don't really get to why they have it. Yeah. Um, but that's rare, to be honest, it's, it's rare. Um, usually there is something that's causing it. But the sad thing is, if you're somebody that absolutely looks forward to your morning caffeine-filled yeah. coffee, and that's the only vice that we can establish, so maybe it might even be trying to reduce that or switch it to a decaffeinated. So it is, it's tough, but it's the nature of the beast that is gastritis, and it's not something you want to leave alone. Mm. Apart from the risk of bleeding and ulcers, as I said, your esophagus, so your food pipe, is not meant to be exposed to acid. And if it is repeatedly over time exposed to acid, what can happen is the, the cells on the bottom of your esophagus can start to change and you get something called Barrett's esophagus, which is a precursor to uh, esophageal cancer. So Yikes. it's good that, yeah. So if you are somebody that suffers with this sort of thing, you keep in regular touch with your, your GP and you make a decision together as to when's right to refer out and to be monitored. Not everybody should have a camera down their throat, but some people should. And some people should be doing it at regular intervals as well to check nothing's changing. Do you, do you ever anecdotally notice people when they come in for one thing and, and they're sitting there and maybe they've got a little bit of a cough and they're then you say, you know, it sounds like you might have a gourd issue. Or do you ever think in your mind, hmm, there's something yeah, like there's yeah, other yeah. things? I mean, people come in for all sorts and yeah. I end up, they end up going home <laughs> being treated for something completely different because... You, you notice stuff. The worst, James, is when you're seeing somebody socially and you see oh. a nice corneal arcus, which suggests they've got, you know, a familial hypercholesterolemia. So they've got too high cholesterol. I don't even know what the, I don't even know what that is. You, you've just thrown out terms like I've got my thesaurus out here. <laughs> well, no, no. So well, that's how I'm explaining. So okay. if someone okay. has high cholesterol and it's yeah. familial, they yeah. often get signs of, of raised cholesterol from quite a young age. And one of them yeah. is, is they get like like a little band of fat on that it's actually on the eye okay and so it's actually inside their eye and sometimes you're looking at them and you can see it and you think do i tell them do i do i what do you do slide them a little note card come and see me at the office we got to talk <laughs> well no it's it's a real dilemma i have because yeah. i feel like you should tell them but then you don't want to make them self-conscious either yeah yeah or seem like just one of them kind of people yeah yeah so the worst is when they have like a big lesion somewhere and I think, oh my God, what do I do? Because I don't want to, um, I don't want to make them self-conscious of this big thing that's on their face, but at the same time, I don't want to leave them either. Yeah. So it's it's an issue. It's a challenge. It's a challenge it's in the business challenge. you're in. Yeah. Probably yeah. the same as you though, as you're sitting there watching somebody, maybe me now, doing public <laughs> speaking, thinking you could do that better. <laughs> you just didn't do this. You, you only you did this them? one little thing. Yeah, we could fix it. No, I, I would yeah. tell you. I would tell you, but later. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, James. I look forward to my my assessment and analysis and uh, my pointers for improvement. This is this has been a lot of fun. I know we, we we're gonna we're gonna have to cut ourselves short a little bit. Uh, you've you've got to go to work, and I've got to go to work. But my commute's not so bad from here, though. At least. Yeah, the the nurse is wait, waiting outside the door. She's got. I have a patients. nurse waiting outside, and I've got a delivery guy who's constantly harassing me from <laughs> Glen Powerworks. Who you do? Um, what is it? We will fix. No, no, we no. no the, we do the Powerworks podcast. Yeah, Powerworks um, podcast. So. The PowerWorks team are trying to collect my car now, so they're they're harassing me too. Okay, so you know what we're we're gonna we're gonna cut this short for now, but I think we've really hit some great territory. We talked flu, we talked gourd, and we got a lot more to talk about when we we meet up again next time on the Zoom Sphere, or who knows, maybe we can even manage to make it in miracles person. Happen. Yeah, miracles happen. Doctor Jenna Burton, 
always a pleasure. Remind us where you are. Where's your clinic? You're at Cooper Health? Cooper Health Clinic is in J3 Moore, first floor, home of Dr. Khan, Dr. Gupta, who are doctors that have been here forever. And then uh, they kind kindly let me join the team. Wonderful. And if you want to get in touch with us, you know how to do that. Follow us on our podcast. Follow If, if you're watching on YouTube, hello. And we'll do it all again really, really soon. Dr. Jenna Burton is Doc Talk. So long for now.